welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of I-80 Sports. Today we're talking MLS soccer, in specific, recapping the Western Conference of the 2018 season. Of course, we're here again with Sir Alex. Sir Alex, please say hi. Hey, hello, hello. How's everything? We are ready to get started. Um, Before we do, I have a bad late night problem with Twitter and getting into Twitter arguments, and I wanted to uh, scratch your brain, Sir Alex, on a certain question I had. Okay. So, if I may. Sure. We are reaching a new point in MLS soccer where we're scouting players, we're developing players, we're uh, selling off. You saw that with Al Marone, you saw that with uh, Tyler Adams, you see that with players all around the league. And this week, uh, the New York Red Bulls signed an 18-year-old forward, uh, Matthias Jorgensen, or Jorgensen, I'm not sure if they pronounce the J. And he is a speedy attacker. Um, a lot of good stuff coming out in the notes, but here is the argument. Let's say best-case scenario comes true for these Red Bulls, and he does a great job, fills in, backs up Bradley Wright Phillips, and becomes... The next player to be sold off. Let's let's say not Almiron money, not thirty million. Say ten million, fifteen million, twelve million. Is that if they pay if they pay two million for him, that's great business. You have to do that deal. That is, and, and they will. I mean, if if this is the best case scenario and that happens, they will do that trade. Is that a victory for the New York Red Bulls scouting or the New York Red Bulls development? We know we know there's a lot of things at work, and it's going to be a little bit of both. But who, who is the true winner? It's definitely both. But without developing, you can't sell the guy for a profit. So I mean, that's doesn't matter all the talent in the world you are as an 18 year old. But if he doesn't develop, you're not going to get the price you paid for him, and it's a, it's a lost investment. Absolutely, and that and that was my argument there. It is a global scouting network that we have right now, and you can't say yes or no on Harrison for the global scouting. I don't think Harrison has guys in. Uh, you know the the Swedish uh, I mean, or the Denmark uh, yeah, second the Rebel, league. The, the, I'm going to call it the Rebel umbrella. It is everywhere from South America to Europe, and there's scouts in almost every country and every league looking for players and looking for bargains. And Red Bull, some problem, someone in the Red Bull umbrella scouted this guy, and that's why he's here. And if if he becomes the next big thing. Uh, it will be on Red Bull's development. Um, we've done a great job developing players, getting guys who fit the system, and teaching them how to play really well. And you saw Tyler Adams get sold off, and he stepped right in like he never missed a beat. Like he he belonged in the the Bundesliga, and he was uh, player of the week. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to high-five development for that. Uh, thank you for agreeing with me. And uh, Well, we've been, I've been crying for another forward for the Red Bulls for the last few years, and you know, finally... Uh, you know, BWP has some help, but let's see what this kid can do. He's oh. 18. Well, you know, he, he probably he, can't well, do he can, much. He can go That's... either direction right now. This is, of this is a career. He can go either direction. You know, there's, you could just, for every great signing that's an 18 year old, I can give you 100 at, or 18 that didn't pan out in top teams around oh, the world. Of course, and you can't, uh, can't wait too much on what a player is. I think the mistake we make a lot, even in NFL fantasy, which is, you know, the focus of a lot of our podcast. People think players are the same. They're the same at 18 as they are at 28, and that's just not true. Development is so, so important. You uh, need people yeah. with the physical traits, but he's had 16 appearances in top-flight soccer. You can't say that's a finished product. 
That is a raw player, and hopefully he's going to help this Red Bull team out. Yeah, we definitely can use him, that's for sure. So let's move on. Um, it is time to recap the West. First team we have is the Colorado Rapids. Um, their goals for 36 goals, worst in the league. Their defense, goals against, 63, seventh worst. So, you know, maybe the middle of the pack. That got them a record of 8, 7, and 19 with a negative 27 goal differential. So this is not a good team, this Colorado Rapids. And let's take a quick look at their important players. Their DPs, they have uh, Skelz and Gashi. Uh, two goals, two assists, and nine appearances since arriving. So he's had a pretty good start. And their other DP is Tim Howard, the 39-year-old uh, U.S. goalkeeper who announces retirement after this season. Um, notable players would include uh, Dominique Baji, seven goals, one assist at the striker position. So these DPs are not getting it done in Colorado. I think just uh, seems, seems like kind of a mess. They're not scoring goals, 36 goals, worst in the league this season. Um, but I think the story here is actually going to be from the goaltender position. Tim Howard, storied U.S. men's national team goalie, says he doesn't want a farewell tour, but I guess we will see how that goes. Alex, do you have anything to add on the uh, Colorado Rapids? Well, no, Colorado struggled last year scoring, and uh, they had a, they tried to train Kellen Acosta for Dominic Baggi because they needed help up front. Kellen Acosta at one point was in regard as one of our next U.S. national team midfielders, and he tailed off. Uh, rumors of him going to Europe never panned out. He sulked, and uh, they trade him to Dallas, and then he, you know hasn't taken off there either. But and he was, after he that was trade, sent it, home. It doesn't seem like Colorado was going anywhere. And, and he all. was he was actually sent home from the U.S. men's camp, which is exactly not yeah. a good sign. Um, yeah. may, this might you know hopefully he can get his stuff right, but that is a very uninspiring team for our purposes. All we need like to know the kid, is they the don't score. The guy Gashi, though, the guy Gashi, the Albanian, he was hurt a lot last year, but he's he's their most creative player. If he stays healthy, you know, he'll score some goals for them. You need I do your, like him. I got to be honest. You need your DPS playing more than nine games in a season, generally, yeah. to have so, any yeah, I know type he was of hurt last year. Yeah. production. Okay, now we're gonna move on. Uh, next up is FC Dallas. Fifty-two goals scored, which is on the low side of average. Uh, only 44 goals against, which is tied for fifth. That gave them a record of 16, 9, and 9, and a plus 8 goal differential. Now, if we move on to their DPs, they have Christian Coleman, two goals and six appearances, uh, Carlos Gruezo, who's a defensive midfielder with the club, and Santiago Mosquera from left midfield with six goals and five assists. I also noted notable players, Maximiliano Uruti, eight goals, seven assists, from attacking midfield, and Rolando Lamar, eight goals, five assists in 21 games. Um, is there anything, Sir Alex, that you'd like to uh, say about FC Dallas, one of the best clubs in the league for the last couple seasons? Um, yeah, under Oscar Pereira, they're always a contender. They have a, they're very similar to Rebels, how they like to work the homegrown kids, the academy kids through the system. Last year was a weird year for them. Uh, they Walker Zimmerman won a new contract, and I'm training to LAFC. Moro Diaz got, I think, sold to a team in the Middle East. Uh, and uh, they seem to lose a little the spark in the midfield that they used to always have. The one guy that, that was impressive and looks like he's on the U.S. national team is the, the defender, Reggie Cannon. The kid's got a lot of speed and uh, a lot of closing speed on, a, on another forward. The U.S. national team hasn't seen a defender that kind of speed in a long time, so hopefully the kid can develop. 
and we know that U.S. men's team's defense has been one of, one of the weak spots for the last couple of years. The one thing I did want to note is uh, Lama played only 21 games, listed at left midfield. DP Santiago mm-hmm. Mesquera, six goals, five assists, also listed at left midfield. Could possibly be a uh, situation where we're watching for one of the players to take the starting job and the other one to maybe fade away. It's definitely uh, a storyline to watch out for this season. Okay, I'm going to move on now. Next up, Houston Dynamo. Uh, 58 goals for, 58 goals against, pretty average. Ends up with a zero goal differential and a 10-8-6 and six record. We're going to move on to the important players. We have DP Albert Ellis, 11 goals and 9 assists in 27 games um, on the right attacking side. And Thomas Martinez, 5 goals, 7 assists in a full season playing center attacking midfielder. I also took note of Mauro Manotas, 19 goals, 1 assists. He's a a 23-year-old striker from Colombia who had a really good season for them last year. Sir Alex, this Houston Dynamo, pretty league average squad. What do you what do you see here? Well, last year in the regular season they weren't really that good. Have, uh, however, they were they did win the U.S. Open Cup, which kind of spot in this year's Champions League. So you can say you know you can look at the glass half full, half empty. They had a great run in the U.S. Open Cup, but they didn't make the playoffs. Part of the reason I think was they had a lot of players on the Honduran national team to play for this team and. Uh, during qualifications, it disrupted the team a lot. I think the chemistry there was an issue. They didn't have their whole lineup like almost the whole year. And in being in another competition this year, that's still going to be a problem. Right. Um, we yeah. have a lot. We have an international break that's going to tire down some players. And they've, and they've missed the playoffs for the last five years in MLS. So I don't know what their priority is going to be this year. Do they go only on Champions League or focus more on the regular season, which they haven't been good in the last few years? Who knows? That's definitely a like a dynamic team to watch, though, because if we're if we're betting, if we're taking chances on these teams winning and losing games, we're going to need to know what champion, what competitions they're they're taking seriously. At home, with this team at home, is very difficult to beat. Those hot summer days in Houston, they wear teams out. They tend to score a lot of goals at home. It's tough to get points when, especially, you go there in the late summertime. I'll, I'll be honest with you. What you're looking at is a batting edge. We'll keep track of the Houston Dynamo this season. Definitely one of the wild cards in the West. Moving on to another team that missed the playoffs for one of the first times last season. That, of course, is the LA Galaxy. Their goals for 66, which is third in the league, but their defense gave up 64, which needs improvement. They had a plus two goal differential, and that gave them a record of 13, 9, and 12. Um, and they barely missed the playoffs. If we go into some important players, we have four DPs, which is a situation they're going to have to rectify. I have those as Giovanni Dos Santos, three goals, two assists in 10 games. Romain Alessandrini, 11 goals, eight assists from that left midfield spot. Jonathan Dos Santos, two goals, four assists in 22 games. And uh, he is a, a defending midfielder. And Zlatan, 24 appearances, walks onto the club, 22 goals, 6 assists. Um, all the other notable players are Olak Kamara, 14 goals, 2 assists, and Chris Pontius, 5 goals, and 6 assists from that right midfield, right wing position. Now, Sir Alex, we've talked about this many times. Zlatan, what a great player. Oh, he's still one of my favorite players. He even scored the MLS goal of the year last year. I think it was the first game he played. I mean, the guy, he, he, 
he not only does he talk trash, but he backs it up. He and does. When a player's like that, how, how do you not like a player like that? Really? He, I love when he came to the club. He did the late night tour. He was on. Uh, oh, he loves you know, Hollywood. Oh, he, yes. He, he found really, a spot Hollywood's for him. made for him. He's perfect. He's perfect for that team. Yeah. Perfect. So. That's going to be something interesting. And he came in with a bang. 22 goals, 6 assists in 24 appearances. That's 28 points in 24 games. That's not a small sample size. 24 games is, is no, two-thirds and, of the season. And don't forget, he's coming off less than a year from a knee injury that he had at Manchester United before he came here. He, a, a you know, this year, I expect even better things from him this year. And the, 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 the problem f- with me with LA Galaxy last year was their def- defense. It was terrible. Their back four was really bad. And you, you can name all these DPs that they have. The two DeSantis brothers have been very disappointing, by the way. But they're, they're back forward, and they had an old Ashley Cole. It was terrible. That's one of the reasons why I didn't make the playoffs. And we will see what happens this year. Of course, right now I have them at four DPs. They're going to have to bring that down. So this this is a squad that's going to change before the season begins. Um, so yeah, because I think Zlatan last year was on a non-DP, but for him to come back, they had to give him a DP contract. So now one of those, unless MLS changes the rules in the next week, one of those four got to go. Which has happened before. We, we've changed the rules for LA Galaxy, specifically uh, this the, team in the past. Don Garber loves the LA franchise. Well, Everybody knows that. They're, they're good for the team. So let's we'll keep an eye on what's going on there. Uh, moving just across the city, um, LAFC. 68 goals, which is top of the Western Conference, and second in MLS to only Atlanta with 70. Uh, defense, they gave up 52 goals against, which is a strong defensive performance, which gave them a really good record, 16-9-9, and with a plus-16 goal differential. We're going to talk about a couple players now. Carlos Vela, DP, 14 goals, 11 assists, providing goals from the right-wing position, and Diego Rossi, 12 goals, 6 assists from the left-wing position. Those are their two designated players, which of course leaves out the striker, who is one of our notable players. When you have two DPs on the wings that are putting up those kind of performances, you can expect the same from the striker. And Adama Diamande got 12 goals, 4 assists, which I think is exactly what we expected from this LAFC attack, one of the best in the leagues. Alex, what do you take away? Well, they had the best regular season, you know, the regular in the history of Major League Soccer with their point total last year. They have a great coach in Bob Bradley. He's been in the league, uh, national team coach, the Egyptian national team coach. He's coached in Europe. Uh, I like the, uh, you know, the young DP Diego Rossi. He's got an incredible future. I think he was 19 from Uruguay. He really panned out. Carlos Vela was very good in the leadership role for them. And uh, they were contending for first place in the West almost the whole year last year, and they got upset by Real Salt Lake in the first round of playoffs. But I'm expecting big things again from these guys this year. They're they're a very good team. They're very good at home. Uh, they're tough to beat. And uh, they're they're the new neighbors of uh, LA Galaxy, of course. Going to be a good rival. We just got to get that stadium. Oh, absolutely. Filled. Yeah. Goals sell El seats. El Trafico. <laughs> In the U.S., goals sell seats. So that should be another interesting uh, rivalry uh, beginning to flourish this season. Hey, we're going to move on. Next up. I uh, went from the best to the worst. Uh, Minnesota United, 49 goals, which is pretty poor. 71 goals against, which is tied for the second most with that Swiss cheese defense there. They have 11-3-20 record with a uh, minus 22 goal differential. So we want to go a little bit talk to the players. Designated players, they have two. Carlos Darwin Quintero, 11 goals and 12 assists from center attacking midfield. And Angelo Rodriguez, four goals, one assists in just uh, 10 appearances last season. 
Other notable players are Miguel Ibarra, seven goals, seven assists from the right wing. So this is one of those bottom-of-the-pack teams, the uh, the basement dwellers, if you will. Minnesota United not having a good start to their MLS uh, tenure. Do you have anything to add? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were still talking. <laughs> no, no, uh, well, you know, the second year, they were actually worse last year, the first-year league than this year. Uh, they got a lot better when they picked up Darwin Quintero from the Mexican League. He could score for them. He's a little explosive. And uh, they were, they, uh, they're slowly building to get into their new stadium this year. Uh, they try to get a little momentum. And uh, there was a stretch in the middle of the season last year. They were beating teams left and right. They were ahead of them in the standings. So, you know, they have a – it looks like they're going to be pretty good this year into their new stadium. They're really looking forward in, uh, to moving into that arena. Minnesota in every sport can be a really tough place to play too. Um, oh yeah, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Everyone's going to have to travel. West Coast teams have to travel there. East Coast teams have to travel there. We're going to see. This if... stadium is supposed to be state of the art too. Like the, it might be the best one in MLS. So, are you taking them as as kind of a, a buy low candidate for this season? They have a chance to be even you know, on the top oh, the playoffs this year, top seven. They definitely have Ethan Finley's on a team that they're, you know, they picked up. They they could be you know a top seven team, no doubt about it. Okay, that is the Minnesota United football squad. Moving on to a club we've heard a lot about the last couple of years, and that is of course the Portland Timbers. Fifty-four goals for is pretty average. Forty-eight goals against is actually pretty good. That left them with a fifteen, nine, and ten record and a plus six goal differential um let's move on to a couple of the players here we have dps diego valeri 14 goals 12 assists over all contests in attacking midfield um sebastian blanco 13 goals and eight assists in 35 games from uh attacking midfield in some of the different formations they pull out there and that's exactly what you want from your designated players double digit goals double digit assists another notable a uh, player I picked up is Samuel Armenteros, eight goals, one assists as a quote-unquote forward. The one thing I really noticed when I was looking over this squad, they have a lot of different formations that they pull out, and they seem to just just go seamlessly from one to the other. They went 4-3-2-1 18 times, 4-2-3-1 11 times, 3-5-2 four times. They're, they're really mixing it up and trying to throw their opponent off uh, of of their squad the portland timbers of course always a difficult place to play great fan base alex what is your take on portland timbers yeah exactly what you said there's a reason they had a 15 game unbeaten streak last year uh once they started putting jeremy bobacy up front and they got rid of friendo addy to cincinnati things seemed to click during that winning streak uh you know diego valeri still one of the best players in the league like you mentioned that fan base the put the artificial turf very difficult to play uh They've been in contention since they've been into the league, and you can never take you can never take them lightly. Giovanni Savarese has shown he can coach different tactics depending on the situation. He can pack it in. He can go attacking. Again, I would definitely consider him an MLS Cup favorite again this year. Of course, you can talk about the players, but you can also talk about the coach and the coaching style. And that is, you know, Portland has built the team from from the top down. And I, I would honestly, if, if I'm looking at a fantasy or, or something else there, any player in a position there is going to have value just because they're that good. They're that uh, transformative. They, Like I said, they play all those different positions. They have everyone moving around the field. It's going to be a, a really, really fun team to watch. Always great fan base, really good stuff. 
Absolutely. Okay, we're gonna move on now. Next up is Real Salt Lake. Um, 55 goals for, 58 goals against. Uh, under league average, but but respectable. Um, they ended sixth in the Western Conference with a 14-7 and 13 record and a minus three goal differential. We talk about some of the players. Albert Rusnak, 11 goals, 5 assists as an attacking midfielder. And Jefferson Savarino on right wing, 7 goals, 9 assists. Other notable players are Demir Krylach, 15 goals, 5 assists at attacking midfield. And uh, I also noted that both Rusnak and Krylach can play center attacking midfielder using different formations that this Real Salt Lake team has shown throughout the season. Sir Alex, Real Salt Lake uninspiring middle-of-the-pack team. What do you see there? Yes, but again, with Mike Pecky as their coach, you know they're going to be a tough team. There, and it's a difficult, again, I say the word difficult, no sure thing. Last year, two of the games are involved in were the high-scoring games in the, in the league. They scored uh, six goals against Kansas City, one there, I remember. Uh, and they beat the LA Galaxy one time, 6-2. Uh, they have some two, you, two young guys like Corey Baird and uh, Brooks Lennon ex-under U.S. 23 national team guys. Uh, Corey Baird, I think, just got brought up in the national team camp. Uh, with the players you mentioned before, the DPs, uh, you know, Rams felt like they, they, I don't know if they have an identity exactly, but they're under their coach, you know, they're going to be in every game. Mike Petke does not give up easily. That That is true, but the one thing I want to point out about Mike Petke, when he came to Red Bulls, he said, I'm going to be the defensive coach. At that time, we had Thierry Henry, and you can put a lot on Thierry Henry's shoulder for running the offense, and he said he was going to shore up the defense. The defense under Mike Petke was less than spectacular. In fact, when he coached Red Bulls, they were pretty bad. And now when you look at this Real Salt Lake team, 55 goals for, 58 goals against, that's not a good look for someone who claims to be you know, some kind of defensive mastermind yeah. back there. But remember, they upset LAFC in the first round on the road in the playoffs, in the knockout round. And nobody saw that coming. No, but of course, his fight, Pecky's fight, his style there is going to keep his team in games. He's kind of that never give up uh, smash mouth soccer player. But when we talk about I his coaching... He the, I, think he, I think he leads the league at fine from uh, making fun of referees and some of those some of them are classic lines he uses, let me tell you. Probably, and that's great to hear, but again, that doesn't help defenses. Oh, no, you no. know, mouthing off doesn't help your yeah. defense. No, he's, he's, he's great to listen to, let me tell you. Okay, let's move on. Next up, San Jose Earthquakes. 49 goals for, which is pretty weak. Their defense, 71 goals against, tied for second most in the league. That, of course, uh, leaves them with a 4-9-21 record and a 22, negative 22 goal differential. Their designated players are Chris Wondolowski, 10 goals, 5 assists in 23 games, and Valeri. He has a really long name, but he goes by Valeri, so that's what he used because I don't think I could pronounce his name anyway. Ten goals, four assists on the season. When we talk about our notable players, we have uh, Danny Hosen. Um, he led the team with 12 goals and three assists in 29 appearances, uh, playing alongside Wondolowski up top there. Now, this was a really, really bad team for 9-21 and 21 record, but the 22-goal differential is not the worst that we've seen. Does San Jose have any potential, or is this a team to write off? Uh, they had a hard time last year. To, uh, they start off with their European coach, Michael Stahn, I do believe he is. He's uh, Swedish. 
his style did not go over well. Uh, and they're not known to actually spend lots of money out there. Uh, Chris Wondolowski got a lot older. The DPs that they've signed have not worked out. They do play in a great stadium with state, uh, one of the new state-of-the-art stadiums built in the last few years. Uh, they missed the playoffs five of the last six years. Uh, so this is a big year for them. They just signed a known coach from the you know, Central America, Almeida. Respecting big things this year, so let's see what happens. But this is a big year for them. They haven't been good the last five out of the last six years and missed the playoffs. This is a big year to see if they can turn around. I'm not sure. You know, with the foreign coach, how that's going to work, but let's see. We we will see very shortly. Um, moving on now, Seattle Sounders. 52 goals for is near the top. 37 goals against is second lowest to only Red Bull. That gave them an 18-5-11 record and a plus-15 goal differential. We talk about some players. They have three DPs. Clint Dempsey, one goal, one assist before being ruled out the remainder of the season and subsequently retiring. You have Osvaldo Alonso, played 24 games um, without a goal or assist from defensive midfield. Um, they have Nick Ladero, nine goals, 12 assists from attacking midfield. And Raul Ruidaz, Ru- Ru- Rudaz, I'm going to need to look that up, R-U-I-D-A-Z, 13 goals, one assists in 15 appearances as a striker, which is almost a goal a game. Other notable players, of course, Will Brune with seven goals and five assists in 19 games. This Seattle Sounders team is one of the other, you know, the, the heavyweights. Um, they're great at home. You know their fans are coming. They're one of the loudest stadiums every year, and they're a perennial contender. What do you think about this Seattle Sounders squad, Sir Alex? Yeah, last year was a tough year for them, even though uh, the year before they went all the way to the finals and lost to Toronto. Clint Dempsey retiring was uh, all of a sudden hurt them. And Jordan Morris went down with a knee injury. The U.S. national team, another forward. They lost two big offensive pieces. However, they still had a great regular season based on exactly what you said. Great home base, uh, great fans. Uh, Brian Schmetzer, the coach, really led them. You know, they lost to Portland in the you know, to penalty kicks in the, in the Western semifinals, I believe, and that was just you know very close to you know, moving on, even with those injuries. Yeah, and the one Nicholas thing I Adaro, want, to... yeah, yeah, with Nicholas Adaro is, is you know his heart and soul of that team right now, and with him around, they they have to contend for MLS Cup. You can't can't take them lightly at all. The one thing I do want to point out, they went eighteen five and eleven with a fifteen plus fifteen goal differential. That could easily have been. 22, 5, and yeah, They had seven. a nine-game winning streak in the middle of the season from July to September. So yeah. that that goal differential doesn't really show in their record. Um, they could easily, you know, a couple of easy bounces, maybe spread the goals out over a couple more games. They can be right back in it. That is not a shabby offense. Yeah, they started off slow, but they finished They finished strong. And, and you know, the Dempsey, like I said, Dempsey Morris not being there hurt them. Okay, now we're going to move on. Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City. 65 goals for, which is a very good attacking year. 40 goals against, which is third best in the league. That gave them a great record, 18-8-8. We want to talk about a few of their designated players. Roger Espinoza, three goals, six assists from midfield. Johan Croize is three goals, three assists, and 20 appearances. And Felipe Gutierrez. Seven goals, four assists in midfield. They had a, quite a few notable players. Um, 
Daniel Saloy, 14 goals, 7 assists at left wing. Diego Rubio, 10 goals, 5 assists at left wing and striker. And Johnny Russell, 10 goals, 7 assists at right wing. So what we're seeing here with this squad, supporting Kansas City had a good team. They built DPs around the midfield, but then had all their scorers, their wingers. Um, a lot of the contributors were actually non-DP contracts, which is really kind of, you know, MLS 6.0, kind of the, the place we're all going, you know? So what do you think about this, supporting Kansas City squad? Well, uh, Peter Vermes is... Uh... One of the best coaches in MLS. He also runs the day-to-day program there. So he knows about the salary cap and everything else. Sporting Kansas City every year is going to be a threat. They know how to spend their money. They know how to bring up their homegrown players. They have a very good youth academy system. They had a great year last year. Uh, unfortunately, they got upset by Portland in the playoffs. Johnny Russell's a scrappy forward. They got from uh, in Europe. Uh, tough as nails. Again, that home base, very play- it's very hard to play there. Uh, I, I expect very big things again from this team. As long as Peter Vermes is there, they're going to be a contender. Absolutely. And again, you know, just building, you know, they're, they're using DPs not as the strikers, not as the goal scorers, but as the support players. And that really is going to give them a lot of depth. And again, any player you, sh- you, you plug into this team is going to produce for you. Oh, he's a, and he's a shrewd businessman. He traded Dom Dwyer for, I think, almost a million in allocation money. He ripped Orlando off. He just traded uh, Eichel Parr to Minnesota for almost a million dollars in allocation money. Don't deal I, with Kansas City. Do not deal with Peter Vermes. You're not going to make out on the deal. You're just not. I would not trade with that guy at all. Never. Okay, we're going to move on to the middle of the pack team. This is the last team of the Western Conference, and that is the Vancouver Whitecaps. They have 54 goals, which is middle of the pack, but 67 goals against, which is pretty poor. That gave them a negative 13 goal differential, but somehow they ended up 13, 8, and 13 right at 500. Um, they have, of course, a couple deep, uh, one DP. That is Kendall Watson, three goals, two assists from a center back. Um, so they're definitely showing up their defense there. Notable players, Kai Kamara, 14 goals, five assists in 24 games. Alfonso Davies, eight goals, nine assists in 27 appearances. And... Breck Shea, three goals, two assists, of course, the U.S. international player. So with a negative 13 goal differential, Alex, don't you think the team should have ended up worse than 13-8-3? Well, uh, the first problem they had was training Tim Parker to Rebels for Felipe. I mean, that was a dev- – they, they cannot recover that. Watson is a good player in the defense. I don't think he left this, you know, in the offseason in Cincinnati, but their defense was terrible. Uh, Alfonso Davies got sold to Bayern Munich. He was the first real big uh, sell-off the MLS has made, the 18-year-old kid, the Canadian. Uh, I think they got him for over $10 million to Bayern Munich. That was a great business deal. And that and, that's uh, kind of what Carl, started this offseason, the, uh, the fire exactly. storm. Exactly, and, and Carl Robinson, uh, he tried, you know, he tried, but the system just wasn't working. And Kai Kamara was bickering about penalty kicks and stuff like that, and Carl Robinson got fired towards the end of the year. They missed the playoffs. I know this offseason they picked up a lot of guys, which we'll talk about in the you know, next few episodes. We'll see what happens. But last year, you know, the Tim Parker trade hurt them and selling Alfonso Davies, and they never seemed to recover from that. Yeah, I mean, they could have been 7-8-20 with a negative 13 goal differential. 7-8-20 is completely within the realm of outcomes. Of course, they had the best possible outcome at 13-8-13. I am, uh, you know, 
it's an interesting team. We're going to uh, definitely talk about them in one of our next few episodes. Of course, today we're just talking about the MLS Western Conference in recapping their 2018 season. But next week, during the next two weeks, and that's all we have, two weeks until MLS season starts, we're going to be talking about off-season moves, um, winners and losers, teams that are going to do better than last year, teams who we think are going to do worse than last year. And before the season starts, we'll have our first set of parlays, some gambling advice, and some really cool stuff coming from you. So make sure you go to YouTube, you subscribe to our video so we can keep bringing you new content every week. Make sure you you can find us now in iTunes on the podcast store. Just search for i80 Sports and we'll be right there. And I just applied for the Google Play Store this week, so hopefully very soon we'll be on Google Play. Those are the three ways you can find us. Of course, YouTube is the most important. You can follow us at i80sports on Twitter, i80sportsmedia. You can find me at i80sportsbob. And you can't find Alex anywhere online because he runs incognito. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Okay. Is there anything else you want to uh, bestow upon us today, Sir Alex? No. we got Champions League starting next week. The MLS is right around the corner. Guys, stay tuned. We're going to have lots of picks, and you guys are going to make a lot of money listening to us. Really exciting time for us here at I-80 Sports, opening up to a, a second sport. Um, and, you know, we, we couldn't be happier to have you, Sir Alex, bringing the uh, knowledge to us here. And we're going to use, now we know, we've covered Eastern Conference, we've covered Western Conference. We know what's going on in MLS, and our next, you know, hopefully we've laid some groundwork, our next few podcasts, we can make predictions and really move ahead with this information we've had. I have learned so much doing this series. I've watched the videos multiple times, and I feel like I'm really finally prepared. Thank you, Alex, for the start no of the last season. Thanks for joining us. Everyone, thanks for watching, and have a great Sunday. Adios.